Well, here we go. I do have um, an amazing, I think, Bible revelation that's so obvious to us. It's just amazing when we open our eyes and see it. You see, what's happened to Easter Sunday is what really has happened throughout the centuries. It's become a wonderful story. We, uh, we make movies about it. Like, too young for you guys to know, but Ben-Hur and Moses and the splitting of the Red Sea. Oh, my goodness. We have processions along streets with people carrying the cross on their back. Wonderful. Wonderful. Just extraordinary. But it's just become a story. It's become a memorial day where we honor and pay homage to this wonderful creator. And we think of such a tragedy that this innocent man was so brutally treated. I mean, my God, it's heinous. And we're stuck there. We get stuck there. The unjust nature of it all just is so riveting that we park ourselves there in this historically terrible, sad story. But, but nothing could be further from the truth. But tradition has caused us to live that. I mean, really, literally, there are movies about it. You can watch, they'll be running all day today about the tragedy of the passion of Jesus Christ. It's just, oh God, it hurts. What's amazing is that when you see Jesus Christ portrayed, even in many churches, sadly, there's not very much said about today. It's just the then, an event that we honor. We're so humbled by it. And then that's it. Then Monday comes. How many Easter's have we lived through? How much has it changed people's lives? <laughs> there is a major problem. Because Easter wasn't about Jesus. The resurrection wasn't about Jesus. The resurrection was about us. He didn't do anything for himself. The resurrection was to evoke change in our life. Otherwise, why did he do it? We think it's just, you know, to go to heaven. How sad. Gosh, how selfish. No. The resurrection had very little to do with Jesus Christ. I, I know that sounds astonishing to the current mind, but it really is. Think of the guys on the road to Emmaus. Nothing's changed. They're sad. They're walking. They're talking. They're brokenhearted. Jesus is standing with them. Oh, does that preach? We could stay there for a week. That Jesus is standing right there with them. Maybe you should look at the person sitting next to you. Maybe someone's sitting there, but there may be somebody else sitting there you're not looking at. Did they get that? <laughs> Listen, we thought that he was the guy, but it wasn't. So we're back to work. F Peter, ah, that didn't work out. I'm going fishing. They were with him for three and a half years, living with him every day, seeing miracles left and right. He tells them 21 times. I'm going to resurrect. 21 times he explains the resurrection to them. 21 times. Not one time did they hear it. In fact, Peter got incensed. What are you talking about? I'm not letting anybody crucify you. And he goes, hey, Satan, go take a walk. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Then, then they, you think he's a victim. We think, oh, how sad this story is. Let's it's just terrible. We got to cry because if you don't cry, it doesn't look good. It looks sacrilegious if you don't cry. If you don't look, put it, well, you got to put on a sad face. You even have to change your voice. 
Yes, I know. I mean, it's got it's gotten pathetically ridiculous. When when the, Jesus says, "Are you crazy? If I wanted to stop this, my father could send me angels, legions of angels. I'd call them. They'd be here in an instant. I'm God, you moron." Victim. Could you just imagine the creator of the universe, the creator of the universe, bendito, a victim, a victim. No, he was trying to fix something that Adam and Eve ruined, that he said to Adam and Eve, I'm going to fix it. Don't worry. I'm going to crush his head for what he did to you. We don't get it. This devil needs some head crushing today, but Christians... Christians don't get it. They think this is just a holiday. They don't understand the power of the resurrection. That we're supposed to, Paul begged, I got to know one thing. I got to know you, but I got to know the power of the resurrection. That I, that I may know him, but how he did it and what he did and how he did. That's what I need. We'll only go to a couple of scriptures because I'm just going to assume everybody's reading their three chapters a day or more. But Jesus says in John 12, I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes on me should not live or walk or abide in darkness. There it is. You're not supposed to get sick. You're not supposed to walk in darkness. You're not supposed to be oppressed. You're not supposed to be lesser. You're supposed to be more. That's what resurrection was, to fix the stinking problem. But no, no, we just, no, no. Let me see if this thing will work. For God commanded the light to shine out of darkness. Listen, out of darkness. You're walking in darkness, then start commanding some light and resurrection power to start shining. You're more powerful than that. Stop thinking you're a victim, because if you believe Christ is a victim, what in heaven's name are you going to think about yourself? I mean, really, we our perspective, our understanding it's just so, so skewed. I've commanded the light to shine out of darkness, to shine in our hearts, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. You're supposed to be walking around glory. People are supposed to look at you and go, smack, I want what you want. I got what you got. I need it. The light. Jesus, when does he resurrect? It's a very important note in the Bible. He did not resurrect while it was daylight. He resurrected while it was dark. That's an incredible revelation. So you may be walking around in darkness, and you may think I'm going to be really insensitive when I say what I'm about to say. You're walking in darkness, God forbid. So what? He resurrected out of darkness. He resurrected out. Man, there's a lot of power in darkness because you're the light. Just turn on the light. How much do you struggle when you walk into your room and it's dark? You go and the light goes on. Where does the darkness go? Could it resist? Why did God allow creation to be in that fashion? Can light say, no, I'm not, I mean darkness, no, I, I'm, I'm gonna stay dark. Hell you are. Boom, light goes on. Now, I wanna show you a picture that I'm gonna say something exceedingly bold. When I said this to someone, a few people yesterday, they said, well, wow, wow, wow. You're certainly making a bold statement. I mean, what you're, what you're saying 
doesn't seem to be fairly reasonable, Ray. In fact, did you bump your head? I go, I didn't bump my head. You bumped your head. Because what I'm about to show you, I will declare, is probably the greatest picture ever taken in the history of mankind. Now you're going to say, what is this guy saying? That That's Michelangelo, Picasso. Are you kidding me? Who, who that? The, the Louvre in France, the Statue of David. Who the heck do you think? What, Ray? I mean, come on. Oh, yeah? It is as clear. If there's anything as clear as the Bible, of course there isn't. This would be number two. This picture depicting Christianity, depicting what's wrong in this, I mean, God. Can we turn off some lights? Because I really want this to be clear. Now, at first, because this requires spiritual capacity. If this is just going to be intellectual, well, then you're very limited. I'm sorry to say. But if you will approach this in the spirit and allow a rhema picture to come to your spirit, it will affect your intellect and change your life. Because I'm about to show you exactly what is wrong in every Christian's life if they're living like this. This is the problem. And believe me, when they say pictures of a thousand words, these are eternal words. I hope it's clear. Any more lights can go out or it would be too taxing. Thank you. It's on a rearview mirror, someone hanging the cross of Jesus Christ. It's Easter. And right next to the cross, there happens to be a mask to protect you against the virus. If you don't see that in the spirit, I'm going to ask you to say your own prayer right now to open up your spirit. The cross of Jesus Christ. It's Easter. Hanging next to it, a mask. Way bigger than the cross. And I'm sure in that person's intellect, way more powerful than the cross. Because what the hell do you have the mask there for? How dare you insult the blood of Jesus Christ? That you think a freaking mask. Well, let me ask you something, ladies and gentlemen. We pray by the hundreds every day, by the hundreds every day. Sometimes thousands of sick people on this planet. And their diseases may be 1%, 1% or less are virus-related. Their diseases are death sentences, in deathbeds, on machines, heart issues, operations, the lies, plagues, car accidents, I mean demonstrative evil and not one of those insane infirmities would have been stopped by 10,000 men but a mask is going to protect you equally with the cross of Jesus Christ that is sickening it's despicable it's evil and that is what has infiltrated the Bible says if you add one thing, one thing to the cross of Jesus Christ, you make the cross of Jesus Christ of no effect. That's what the Bible says out of the mouth of God. The minute you think I can't do it and you think you got to do something with it, you're offending me. And you know what? I'm going to leave you to yourself. You need a mask? 
The mask it is. Hopefully it'll protect you from that car coming down the road 80 miles an hour and the truck about to crash into it. Somehow or another, the truck is going to see the mask and go, oh, I can't crash into that car. It's preposterous what's happened, ladies and gentlemen. It's pathetic and it's sad. But unfortunately, it's also extremely dangerous that this is what we've reduced God to. Please, the lights. There's a man in the Bible, a, a ferocious king. He was amazing, amazingly successful. Destroyed the largest army in all of the Bible, single-handedly, because God did it for him. And after countless victories, after winning battles in, against countries he had no business even thinking about, he got sick. He got an infection in his toenail. After years of God handling every problem for him, he decided, oh man, wow, that hurts. Hey, never mind the priest, the prophet, the temple. Can you bring me one of those magician doctors over here so he can, oh, so he can take a look at my foot? Here, can you look at my foot? Can you look, can you look, look at my foot? Look at me, you see that? Oh man, oh jeez. What can you do about that? Oh, I got just the thing for you. I got just the thing for you. Oh, that hurts. Oh, oh, jeez, don't touch it. That's killing me. What do I do? Oh. You know what God did? Keep hopping. Because you're a dead man. Because you what? You did what? You went and you looked for medicine before you even talked to me? After I delivered you from an army of one million men? After I raised you up and made you king? After I gave you life and I saved you? You did what? Fine. The doctors it is. And the Bible says that he died from an infection in his toenail. The cross and a mask. It would have been revolting if it would have been the cross and all the armies of the world, and it still would have been revolting. It would have been revolting if it would have been a cross of one inch and all the nuclear bombs man has ever made. It would be a snide. A piece of tissue hanging next to the man that hung what has happened to Christianity? No. No. Something wrong. Easter comes and goes. Nothing. Tomorrow comes and the candy's eaten and the bunnies are gone and we're on our way. I guess what's next? Valentine's Day or did that pass already? I don't know. What's next? Mother's Day? I don't know. Who knows? Whatever, some crazy holidays coming. But here's the Bible truth of resurrection. I know you really have to know the Bible to see the connections, but they're there. One day, Jesus has spent his time with all of these people preaching, healing, teaching. And he's in the wilderness with them, hot sun, cold nights, a lot of children and he feels compassion and he says to his apostles 
my God, give them food. And one of the apostles caring says, send them away. They're going to starve. They've been with you so long and there's no food. Send them so they can buy food. And he goes, well, you feed them. How? And they say, that's impossible. You can't feed 5,000 men, translating to 20 to 25,000 people. You can't. It's looking. Jesus, send them away. It's impossible. You can't feed them. We don't have it. Send them away. And the Bible has a resurrection message. Because they're looking at it intellectually, historically. Looking at what God says, don't walk by sight. There's a spirit realm. You're born again. You have a spirit power that you didn't have before. You're a new creature in Christ Jesus. You're now my children. You're supposed to be the body of me. I've left so you do the work, greater works. I've given it to you. So he says, the teaching in the Bible. The Bible says that he lifted up his eyes and saw heaven and gave thanks. He, he has another perspective. That's not just a story in the Bible, again, historically what happened. No, it's a teaching. It's a resurrection teaching. He looked up and lifted his eyes. Wait, why? Oh, they're just telling us what he did physically. Oh, isn't that nice? Thanks. And he also wore a blue shirt and he had brown sandals. No. No. That's what we're doing with Easter. It's just a story, a fact. No. So he lifts up his eyes. He's saying there's a much higher perspective. There's a much higher level and element of reality. There's something way higher lift up your eyes increase your perspective there's so much more stop being blind and walking about what you see i know i have to do this i've done it a thousand times don't get bored but so many people tune in they've never seen it so be patient but if you don't believe in the invisible hold your breath give me a volunteer somebody come over here who's got good lungs come over here swimmer runner biker thank you i want you to hold your breath somebody time them this is a fine young man, physical specimen. That's what his wife tells me. Got a bunch of kids. He's doing all right. Do I have a timer? Somebody tell me when to start. Start. Hold your breath. Long as you can. Come on, give me some music while we do this. Louder, louder, louder. violence there. Violence, violence. Come on. Boy, this guy's good. That's it? How long? 22 seconds. Thank you. Wait a minute. Do you believe in air now? Oh, yeah? Can you see the air? No, but do you want air? How much do you want air? Enough to live. You want air. You wouldn't never want to be without air. It's important, right? But we didn't wake up this morning thinking how important air was, did we? We didn't wake up saying, boy, that air. Mm -mm -mm, that's some air. Thank you, Sam. No, we're not even aware of it. But dawn, it rules everything. Because you can't do a minute without it. Can you think about that? The invisible realm. 
lift up your eyes. So now, a resurrection story takes place. See the connection. It's all connected in the Bible. Two young ladies that are madly in love as friends with Jesus. He would always stay at their house. Family. Really, real family. He would always reside in the house of Lazarus, Mary and Martha. Always. It's a very favorite place of his. Must have been very safe. Laying down, didn't have to be, you know, on the show. Just laying down. Give me some fish. I'm going to take a nap. Give me some more of that cabbage. It was delicious. And just a normal guy with his family. Beautiful scene when you think about it. And this man that the Bible says he loved as a brother, probably his best friend, family member that just hang, sleep together, fall out together, get sick. And Jesus resists the impulse to run and heal him, the impulse of his friends, because he knows, he says, you don't understand. I am the resurrection and the life. I came to give life and life more abundantly. So he waits and he goes. The sisters, when upon seeing him, travail. They say what I think any one of us would have said. If only you were here. If only you could have gotten here in time. If only you were here. He comforts them. Basically, in today's English, he says, Honey, don't worry. The resurrection power is here. He's going to live. Oh, yeah, I know. As they're, as they're heaving what everyone says to a grieving member. We'll see them one day. We'll all be together. Jesus is coming soon. You won't be apart forever. You'll be with him forever. And they go, we know. Yes, we know. We know. Thank you for the consoling words. They go, and he says, take me to him. And the Bible says he's crying, weeping. Only the second time in the Bible. He comes to the tomb. Here we have it, ladies and gentlemen. The Bible says he lifted up his eyes. Again, there's only one realm that's going to bring this man back to life. There's only one realm that can roll away your stone, your impediment, the darkness you may be confronted with. There's only one way. There's only one way. Not this perspective. You can't even hold your breath for a minute. There's something invisible. The spirit realm, the real realm that the Bible says made everything you see. And again, if you don't believe in it, every time you doubt, hold your nose. You'll believe in a minute. At the importance of air. He didn't have to make it that way. There's a reason he made it that way. Because that air symbolizes the power of the breath of God, the rosh of God, the Holy Spirit that you can't do without. So lift up your eyes on Resurrection Day. There's, a much, there's so much more. This, this is nothing. Let me tell you a perspective. And again, I'm going to go another few minutes. I don't want to go too long. We have communion, but just listen. And I figure you can spend an extra 50 minutes in church on Easter Sunday. We're okay with that? Okay. It's, it is the Sabbath day, not the Sabbath hour, but, you know. If you look at the earth, it's something astonishing about it in that we live such a physical life Everything is so physical from the bus to the car to the food to the clothing to the sound. Everything is so physical. But when you think about the earth, much not, not necessarily the entire universe because that would boggle your mind. 
Think about the size of the earth and think about where we live on the earth, including our buildings. Most of the earth, 99.999999% is barely two stories above the planet's surface. Oh, you may have your occasional skyscraper in Dubai, but the entire planet, percentage-wise, the trees, everything, are basically, you can't even see it. When you're in the air, it all looks so flat, because it is. It's barely the scruff of a man's beard after he shaved an hour ago. That's how little that physical element is on this little ball, because the Earth is quite small compared to the universe. It's, it's actually invisible in a percentage. Can you imagine? It's literally invisible from the perspective of the size of the universe. Cannot be seen. Can't even be seen by telescopes or whatever they call it. They, Hubble, no, you can't see it. It's invisible. You may barely get radiation, but you can't see it. And we think that this physical realm is what's running everything. It, we're blind. No, it is the spirit that gives life, the Bible says. It is the spirit that causes you to live and prosper. Stop thinking of this as a historical story. The resurrection is all about you. Isn't it amazing? I'm going to repeat something. Isn't it astonishing? That all you ever hear about Easter, all we ever see in the movies, all we ever hear preached, it's always a long time ago. It has nothing to do with today. Nothing. The movies, the passion. Listen, I know it's nice. It's got nothing to do with today. No more than the Civil War movie does, or Cowboys and Indians, or Batman and Robin. It's just, it's a movie. It's 2,000 years ago. You think God is concerned about the resurrection 2,000 years ago? He's concerned about your resurrection today. Don't you want to be resurrected out of somebody? You know what the word resurrection comes in the original language? To resurge. The word is originally to resurge. To say, wait a minute. Huh, I'm not done. I'm coming back again. I'm starting. That business is going to flourish this time. It's a second chance. That marriage, huh, that's going to be better than ever. This body, huh, you got to be kidding me. What does Romans say? He will quicken your mortal body. Go to it. Romans 8, I think, 11. Somebody find it for me. Come on, guys. Change it. Make, make a difference in your life. I'm, it's not a speech. I'm not trying to pump air into your sails. You were born to be extraordinary. The Bible says it. You're a child of God. You're the wife of Jesus Christ. Can you please, this Easter, get a different consciousness? I am one with God. I am the body of Christ. I will walk in resurrection power. I will change everything negative because that's what resurrection is. To come out of darkness and be this brilliant light of the power of God. That's for me, not a story. That's my story. Can you read it? Do we have it? Amen. Is, that, is that the one about quickening my mortal body? Yeah. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body. Do you hear that? If the spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead, resurrection power, dwells in you, it will quicken your mortal body, just like it did his. 
just like I did Lazarus. This is about power, ladies and gentlemen, not about being an observer or watching a TV show. I mean, listen, stop watching. Start being. Please, in the name of Jesus.